Looks like you've got some uh, happily resting dogs here, Brent. Yeah, yep. They uh, they just ate really, really good, and it's the heat of the day, and we're stopped, which is a better decision than I made yesterday. So, um, yeah, it's good. I think a lot of us were wondering about your decision-making yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how detrimental do you think blowing through uh, Galena might have been? We'll find out here in the next couple of days, I guess. But, I mean, it, it, it worked out okay in the end. Um, but we were going slow, um, and it was hot. Yeah, but your runtime was still but like eight hours. Yeah, it was so? about the same as just everybody else. Eight. It was just a little bit slower than everybody else. But I, and I had come a hundred miles, so in the end, it, on that run, it wasn't like it helped. I mean, that move gave me a little bit more of a edge. I don't, I'm not going to call it a lead. There's no leads or anything going on right now. But um, but you know, it, it was a big run in the heat. And you usually pay for that a couple runs down the trail. So they did pretty good today. I, I, my run times are what I expected. Um, and we got shut down before it got too warm. Um, how are you doing as the musher? I'm doing pretty good. You know, this race has been uh, probably one of the, my more successful races as far as getting sleep. Because um, I haven't stopped at any checkpoints. And when I get to a, a place I usually am able to take a couple hour nap. I do do an hour or two of dog chores and get another get get at least 90 minutes of, of a nap in. So, which is not something that usually happens very much in checkpoint for me. There's just too many things going on. So I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, we're getting to the part of the the race here. So the racy part of the, the race. The racy part of the race is 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 coming on. So. Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, I, I mean, I the dogs are looking good. Um, my speeds have went down a little bit in the last couple of runs, but I think that's to be expected a little bit as we get farther into the race. So um, we'll see. I'm gonna take another. I'm gonna probably take an, an hour longer rest here just to sort of just because I mean I have a little bit of an edge and I might as well utilize it and uh, get some more rest on the dogs. So in about an hour. Allie Circle's going to pull her team in here. Mm -hmm. And about an hour after that, we're going to see Dallas Evie either pull in or breeze by with a right. sled full of straw. Yep. And then what happens inside Brent Sass's head when that <laughs> goes down? I hope that no, I, I don't, uh, I can't let it affect me much yet um, because I, I need to, uh, I'm, I've been resting here, so you know I'll I'll probably leave before they do, and then it's the race really begins, I guess, and then it's just a matter of how far can you run the dogs on the least amount of rest. That's that's what it boils down to for the next 300 miles. It's exciting. It's how exciting. How do you uh, keep your cool as you know the race is starting to heat up? Right. Um. Stay focused on my dogs, you know, I mean, that's the best, that's the biggest thing I need to do right now. I can't start thinking, oh, Dallas just went by, I need to get, I need to go, you know, and if I start doing that, it's only, it's going to hurt my, it's going to be a detriment to the dogs. But uh, I still, the number one thing is paying attention to my dogs and what they need, and and um, there's still a lot of race left. That's what we have to remember. I mean, 300 miles and 300 and change is, is a long ways to go. <laughs> it's still a third of the race or more. Um, you know, you're an interior musher mm -hmm. and then you hit the coast and what, um, does an interior musher have in terms of skills 
running dogs that is applicable to running on the coast? Well, it's super windy where I live, so that's going to help. I mean, if it's windy, I, I kind of hope it's windy. I kind of hope we have a, a little bit of adverse conditions. I think that'll play um, into my favor a little bit. That being said, I, I, I've only been on the coast two other times in my entire life, or three other times, I guess, in my entire life. So, you know, there's a lot that it's gonna could throw at us that I am not necessarily prepared for. I mean, I feel like I'm prepared for whatever, but but there's a lot of things that can happen out there that, um, like what? You know, like the storm that happened a couple of years ago when it was blowing, you know, 60 miles an hour and a total whiteout and. You know, in the interior, there are trees and there are landmarks and things like that. And out there, there's there's really nothing. So, um, but that stuff doesn't really scare me at all. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about that stuff at all. Um, Can I just say that I feel like if it was blowing 60 miles an hour, Brent Sass would be the only musher like singing along. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's why I do this. You know, I enjoy those types of conditions and, and that challenge, but. But that doesn't mean that I get eaten up by it, too, you know? I mean, it could be bad weather and harsh conditions, and, and I could be the one that gets slapped in the face from it. I have been the one that's gotten slapped in the face from it in the past. Um, and there's lots and lots of good competition. I mean, people that have a lot more experience than me running than I did around in the last 300 miles. Yeah. Um, so that that part of it is, I mean, I think that if there's anything, that that's the most intimidating thing for me is that I've never been in this position and I've only run over this section of trail twice ever. But I think the coast is is notoriously unpredictable for everybody whether you totally have is. experience or not. Totally is. Weather-wise and all that stuff it is. It's more of race strategy. Have you studied to... those race strategies of people who have a lot more experience than you? I'm terrible at that. No. <laughs> I don't know anything about what people do on the coast. I don't I rarely look at statistics and in past race strategies and I don't know I think mainly it's just because uh, I preach this run your own dog team thing that it would help if I you know looked at those things and had an idea of what they're going to do like I really don't have any idea what 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 they're going to do in, in the next but there's not that many options really it's Unicleet, Koyuk, Elam, White Mountain don't stop there's oh there's Gullivan too but you know, I mean, and and uh, <laughs> don't, don't stop. stop. <laughs> if you, yeah, <laughs> that's what it boils down to is don't stop. Um, you might get slapped in the face, and um, right. there's been some whisperings of of Brent Sass as being a little bit unpredictable. And yeah. so, do you feel like on this race, maybe you have something to prove? Uh, I don't know if I have something to prove. I just feel like I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of running a quest race. But you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I have anything to prove. I think mainly I'm just, uh, I'm just doing my kind of race style, and it just happens to be something that isn't used very often in the Iditarod. People like checkpoints in the Iditarod. People like to stop and, you know, get warmed up. And I've enjoyed curling up next to my sleeping or next to my sled and getting a nap here and there, and uh, and just being out on the trail with the dogs. So, yeah, it's been Thanks good. A lot, Brent. Yep, I really no appreciate problem. it.